Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 2023 is the year of the quarterback. Hurts has all day. Taking a shot. He's got it. Touchdown. There's a galaxy of cannon-armed field generals taking the NFL by storm. Herbert with time. Hoist the Lombardi Trophy when the confetti falls. Mahomes in trouble. Gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle at all. Somehow Patrick Mahomes. On Saturdays, it's a season of final acts. Caleb Williams throws the fade in the corner. Legacy programs are leaving their old rivals for new destinations. I'm inviting the University of Oregon to be a member of the Big Ten. The bitterness is everywhere. We chronicle it all right here on Sunday Morning Football, only on CBS Sports Radio. And a very happy week number one of the NFL season today. Full slate of NFL action will get you prepared for all of it. Welcome back, everybody, for another season of Sunday Morning Football. I'm your host, D.A. Damon Amendolara. I've got you for the next two hours as we break down the day in college football yesterday and preview today's NFL action. How about this? Vikings legend, five-time Pro Bowl running back Chuck Foreman's going to join us coming up here in 20 minutes. Today in Minnesota, the Vikings will honor those Super Bowl teams of the 1960s and 1970s. There were some amazing, talented Hall of Fame loaded roster Viking squad that just unfortunately could never close the job in the Super Bowl. But in the 60s and 70s, the Purple People Eaters, Fran Tarkenton and company, went to four different Super Bowls, unfortunately lost them all. But Chuck Foreman was a huge part of three of those runs, and he was one of the most dynamic running backs in the NFL in the 1970s. Best known for his spin move, the nickname The Spin Doctor. Well before Little Miss couldn't be wrong. He was amazing. He's going to join us as the Vikings will be celebrated later on today with the classic uniforms as well. And Bud Grant, their legendary coach, being honored after his passing with a patch on their jerseys. So Chuck Foreman on a big day for the Vikings coming up here on the show in about 20 minutes from now. In 40 minutes, we've got your excessive celebration, your best play-by-play calls of yesterday's college football insanity. Some great finishes, and we'll hear from the play-by-play voices bringing you that 
coming up later on in the hour. And also next hour, we get you your Vegas Virtuoso, the return of. We'll get you some intel on the lines today around the NFL so that you know what's going on from a Sharps perspective. Larry Hartstein is going to join us, one of our favorites, next hour for our Vegas segment. Speaking of college football yesterday, Dion was under the spotlight yet again, and yet again the Buffaloes answered the bell. But the biggie was last night, Texas and Alabama. Last year was a squeak of a win by the Crimson Tide in Austin. This year they had him at home in Tuscaloosa. Unfortunately for the Tide, it was a much different type of night in all the worst ways as the Texas Longhorns go down to Alabama and lay waste to the Crimson Tide. Texas did what we didn't think it could do. Let's start there. It's your Sunday Gunslinger. In football's Wild West... He shoots from the hip. We need men like him to make town safe for decent people. DA is the Sunday Gunslinger. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. All right, let's do it. Let's face it. Texas has been a team, been a program for a long time that's dubbed its toe in some big spots. The Texas's back slogan has been thrust back in their face as a taunt, as a jab. Yeah, Texas will be back. When pigs fly, when longhorns fly. Last night, Texas's offense led by Quinn Ewers, and there were question marks about him as well coming into this game. Boy, it flew itself. And last night, on the road at Bryant-Denny Stadium, the Longhorns put up 34 points, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to pull away from Bama. It is the first time in many, many moves that Alabama has lost by double digits at home. Here's how it sounded last night in Tuscaloosa. To the open side of the formation on first down, shotgun snap to Ewers. Quinn with some time going deep. He's got Worthy open, and he caught it. Touchdown, Texas. Right over the top. Xavier Worthy, there is a deep pass and a Texas touchdown. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing was I told the players just to trust me. We were going to be aggressive in everything that we did, and I had to back up what I preached if I wanted to play that way too. Second and ten, shotgun snap to yours. Quinn going deep. He has Mitchell open, throws it. He caught it. Touchdown, Texas. Adelaide Mitchell. He's used to big catches against Alabama, and A.D. Mitchell strikes again. These people here mean a lot to me, and um, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everybody at, at Alabama and in Tuscaloosa uh, for what they showed myself, my family, my wife. Um, so to come here and to play them and to play the way that we played, um, it's humbling. Craig Way from Learfield Sports and your Texas touchdown call, Steve Sarkeesian via ESPN. Look, I do my pick segment on Fridays, The Wizard of Odds. I had Alabama crushing Texas. I thought that the Bama defense would be better than it was last night. Time and time again, Ewers and his receivers got behind that Bama secondary, which is never the case with a Nick Saban defense. I thought that the crowd and the intensity, you were going to see the Longhorns wilt yet again, which they've done so many times. Sarkeesian's been a guy that over the course of his career has lost in big spots as well. And I just thought this shaped up for 
a traditional champion that knows how to win these types of games, doing it once again, especially because it was at home. And the, the flip side happened. I mean, Texas was very much ready for this challenge. They were coached very well. Ewers was excellent. They picked apart the defense when it mattered most. And look, that quarterback display by Jalen Milrow last night was a disaster. I mean, you just you can't help but look at that and, and say Alabama's had so much good quarterbacking, great quarterbacking over the last decade that Jalen Milrow is a massive notch below all of those other guys. And if that's going to be the case, it's going to be a longer season than it's been in a long time in Tuscaloosa. And I give Texas the credit here. Ewers was phenomenal. 349 through the air, three touchdowns, zero picks. They came up with the big interceptions as well, which kind of flipped the script. And it just felt like all night, Alabama's offense, it struggled to do everything. I mean, everything. They just, there was no rhythm. There was no big plays besides the touchdown passes, which felt like they were anomalies rather than what Alabama could consistently do. It was just too much of a struggle. And Texas's pass rush was great. Texas's front line, defensive line, kind of owned the backfield. And that was an all UT night. And so. I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say the Longhorns are back because, again, we always do this. It's possible the Alabama Crimson Tide are slightly, I don't want to say mediocre because what's mediocre? Six and six, seven and five. They're, they're better than that. But this is just not a great Bama team. It is not. It, that was a reckoning last night. And Texas took advantage of it. And the Longhorns deserve the win because they were the better football team last night. And I did not think I would be saying that on Sunday morning football. Earlier in the day, Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes had their first home game. They had all of the buzz following that week one victory over TCU, but that was on the road in Fort Worth. Yesterday against the aged historical nemesis, the hated villains from Lincoln, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers, and it was all Colorado as the Buffaloes steal the entire month of September College game day is going there next week. Here's how it sounded in Boulder yesterday. Snap to Shadour. Drops. Scans. He's got time. Looking downfield. Now he's going right side of the end zone. Grab. Touchdown. Touchdown. Colorado. Tavares Dawson. The transfer out of Auburn. And the turnovers have resulted down with a field goal and a strike of 30 yards. A lot of this stuff is new to me, you got to understand. So I know I've been to the highest level in World Series as well as Super Bowls, but on the, in the coaching aspect, in Power Fives, just to see, I think it was a sellout last week. I think the, the most broken attendance record, I believe, for TCU and uh, what we accomplished today. Uh, and to see that many people that came to see us perform it was tremendous, not just the, the number, but the energy and the love and the um, expectation. Um, I love that. Deion Sanders yesterday after a easy victory, 36-14. It was tight early, scoreless first quarter. Then Colorado got on the board of the second quarter, 13-0 at the half. And that Nebraska offense is a disaster. I mean, my goodness, Matt Rule's supposed to come in there and make it look different than Scott Frost. Whew. Looks the same to me. Boy, that was disgusting. But that call, Mark Johnson via Learfield. And 
with the two early wins, getting ranked in the top 25. They'll rise up in the rankings today after the easy victory over Nebraska. They beat their hated rivals, you know, at home. And then you also have college game day going there for the first time since 1996. Let's face it. Deion Sanders has stolen the college football season. At this point in time, there's no bigger story. And the fact that college game day is going to go for a Colorado-Colorado State game, did you ever think you would see college game day at a Colorado State game? But just by virtue of being in the orbit of Dion, it becomes must-see TV. So, you know, Shador Sanders was great again yesterday, 393, two touchdowns, no picks. He said that he felt Nebraska had disrespected his team at midfield before the game. He wanted to show what Colorado was, you know, all about. It's kind of amazing that they've been there two games and there's such pride of the program. But that's what Dion has instilled, and it's kind of magic. You don't have to love Dion. There's a lot of reasons to be annoyed by Dion, a lot of self-promotion that people get sick of. But damn, has it worked. It It's working to a, a remarkable degree. Now, TCU might not be that good this year. They, they might be a 4-5 or five loss team, and Nebraska's going to be trash this year, it seems like. But the fact that Colorado's 2-0, and going to be ranked in the top 20, and have game day coming there for the Rocky Mountain Showdown next week. This season, doesn't matter what else happens, this has been a massive win. And also the number one recruit of the nation's visiting Boulder. Think about that. Hey, finally, for this segment in the NFL, all eyes in Green Bay wondering what's life like after a Hall of Fame quarterback. The Packers haven't had to do this since the early 90s when they handed the baton over to Brett Favre and he handed the baton over to Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's a big unknown, and we don't know what Jordan Love is going to be, but for the Green Bay Packers, today is the first sense of what that life is going to look like. And don't be surprised if Jordan Love actually looks better today than Justin Fields. Let's listen in from Green Bay. He's been outstanding. He came in yesterday, and we were kind of finishing up the majority of the game plan and you know had a, had a couple questions for him what he likes and he gave us some input and that helped lead us in in a certain direction so i think you always want that position in particular to to be a part of that and um you know it, it's been it's been fun a fun process to work through with him and um just preparing him as the starter and uh, looking forward to seeing what we're able to accomplish on Sunday. I mean, there's there's definitely always nerves um, going into any game, um, especially the first game of the season. Um, so I'm sure there will be those, and it's just getting out there and getting your feet wet and being able to relax and, uh, you know, stay calm. So that was Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, Jordan Love, quarterback, and they'll be in Chicago later on today, a 425 Eastern kick from Chicago Soldier Field. That's a Fox broadcast, and... There's a lot of attention on Justin Fields this year to take that next step, and the Bears are trying to surround him with a little bit more weaponry than he's had in his first couple of seasons. But the Packers are a well-run and deep organization, and despite Love's inexperience, Green Bay still has a wonderful roster top to bottom. And I think what you've heard out of Green Bay are the things you did not hear out of San Francisco. 
Jordan Love, a lot of guys have been very complimentary of him. They like his attitude. They like his ability. They like where he's at. For Trey Lance, you never heard that. It was always a complete unknown, and really everybody was tight-lipped because he was not he was not really developing well. I think you're going to see a pretty good day from Jordan Love today, and because of his surrounding cast, I think there's times today where you're going to say, man, Love might be better than Justin Fields. I know there's a lot of Justin Fields love out there. I think the Packers are going to be fine. I do. I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC, but I think they're going to be fine, and I think today is where it starts. And if on day one, Love looks better than Justin Fields, Bears fans are going to be like, come on! All right, that's your Sunday gunslinger. We're off and rolling on Sunday morning football. When we come back, the Minnesota Vikings are honoring their Super Bowl teams of the 1960s and 1970s as the Vikings had lots of great teams that just simply could not close the door. The Vikings will be hosting the Buccaneers. That's a 1 o'clock Eastern kick from U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. And they're going to have the Bud Grant patches for the passing of their legendary coach and a lot of their old guys in the building with the throwback uniforms, just gorgeous unis. One of those great players, Chuck Foreman, the running back on three of those 1970s Viking Super Bowl teams. He's going to join us coming up next. DA, Sunday morning football. This is CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. NFL action begins next Sunday with the NFL Today, followed by a full slate of regional games. You'll say you saw it on CBS Sports. It's Sunday morning football with D.A. 
CBS Sports Radio, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. DA, Damon Amendolara with you. And this is Sunday Morning Football heading into week one of the NFL season. And this is so cool. You know that we love tradition, history, the legacy of the game around here on Sunday Morning Football. Today, this weekend, you will see the Vikings play in their classic old-school uniforms against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Bud Grant, the legendary coach of the Vikings, is going to be honored with a patch that says Bud on their jerseys. And they're honoring those Super Bowl teams from the late 60s and 70s. One of the core members of those teams was a five-time Pro Bowl running back. He ran for 1,000 yards three straight seasons and was an all-pro as well. Joining us here on the show is the great Chuck Foreman. Chuck, how you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great as well. Thanks so good. much for joining us. Thank you for hey, joining no us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. You excited about seeing all the all the guys at uh, <laughs> at the stadium? Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be Saturday and a few of them the other. I mean, yesterday at the hotel. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see some of my old teammates. I haven't seen some in I mean, 30 years, I suppose. But it'll be it'll be good to see everybody there. How does it feel to be honored by the Vikings franchise for the teams that you played on? Well, I think it's a great honor. I think the Wolves have done a phenomenal job with this team since they've owned it. I think they are, I mean, if you could see the facility they built over there, it's it's, um, it's unbelievable. Um, they're, they're, they're just good people, and um, they've done a lot here for, I think, um, the alumni, former players, uh, as far as uh, keeping us involved with the organization, and and, and, I, and I'm excited to to be a part of it. What do you remember about head coach Bud Grant? Well, you know, Bud Grant. For me, I, I got to say, I was fortunate coming out of the University of Miami of Florida uh, to be drafted by the Vikings in that in in my particular in my era. I think that was a time the NFL was beginning to take off into a whole different um, place in history as far as player development, uh, integration as far as more black players coming into the league, and um, you know all kinds of things were evolving at that time. And Bud Grant, for me, was the guy I thought uh, did a really great job of of coaching, you know, players like myself and. When I got here, of course, the Vikings were a really uh, veteran, mature team. So a rookie like me, all I I had to do was just follow those guys and do what they said do. And, you you know, you had to write write recipe to be successful. And then uh, I think the NFL was going from, um, you know, that classic two yards in the cloud of dust to guys like me, Greg Pruitt, Terry Metcalf, you know, we were – a little different type of runner. So um, it was change was coming, and it was a good change. And Bud Grant was a guy that could bring you in and help you be successful during that change. Chuck Foreman is our guest here on the show. He was Rookie of the Year with the Vikings in 1973. You came in as a rookie, but you came into a really great right. team. You guys made yeah. the Super Bowl the first two seasons that you were there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, couldn't close the door. But what <laughs> what was it about the team 
where you guys could lose on that big stage, but just keep plowing forward and get back there year after year? I think at that time, you know, uh, the the roster control, you know, pretty much the team controlled. There was no free agency for the to speak of. Um, I mean, you take a guy like me if you wanted to move a team, they you'd have to give up three number ones, three number twos, two number threes. Something that would never happen. So you really didn't have free agency, and so Bud had a great nucleus of of, of really good leaders on the team. You know, um, um, the, the year before I, you know, they were uh, seven and seven before I got here, and they just, um, you know, pr- pretty much had a little offense. But then, you know, they changed up everything to to kind of showcase what I could bring my talents anyway and then you know they they did a great job of putting in the offenses and changing things and 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 then like I said the leadership the veteran leadership they had was just uh, outstanding and Bud was a pretty no-nonsense kind of guy you know he didn't have a lot of rules but you know the ones that he did he had you you better you know abide by him otherwise you probably wouldn't be here he liked smart players he liked good people with good character um just the simple little things and he demanded you you be there now uh, and 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 perform you know to your best ability all the time so he he was he was a good guy in that era unfortunately we didn't win the big game um but I was fortunate to play in three, and well, I probably could have done a lot of things differently, but they ain't been there since we left. What would you have done differently? Number one, I would have stayed with the offense that, you know, let's put it like this, I would have done what got you there. I think we tried to, you know, well, sometimes the coaches can outthink themselves and put things in that just weren't, just weren't comfortable. I, I thought we should use the offense that we used to get to the game and not change up anything. I I, I would have really um, liked it if they would have just challenged us to step our game up a little different with what we were doing. Which was the one that bothers you the most out of the three? Probably Pittsburgh. I thought we were a much better team than Pittsburgh and uh, at that time. I really did. I didn't think they had anything more than we had. But the only one I thought we couldn't win was I mean not couldn't but that I thought they had a better team that was the Miami Dolphins and that maybe that's because I used to watch them practice all the time and knew everything about them but they were a darn good football team the other two uh, Oakland and Pittsburgh they're very good solid football teams but we as a team didn't play anywhere near our capabilities either one of those games and just flat uncomfortable you know the whole thing. You know, I mean, I just my my opinion when I think about it, it's just you know sometimes change is good, but when you change it for a big game and it doesn't work, you know, it, it just makes to, to me that's my opinion. I think the offense we were running, you know, when we tried to switch back to what we did to get there, it was kind of like too late. Mm. Running back Chuck Foreman of the Minnesota Vikings, one of their great players being honored alongside the 60s and 70s Vikings teams this weekend. You were known as the spin doctor. Your spin right. move is iconic. 
So tell right. me where that originated. When did you create the spin move? Oh, well, unfortunately, I didn't create it. I got to tell you, I tell the story all the time. I grew up in a place called Frederick, Maryland, right between Baltimore, Washington, D.C. When Earl de Pearl Monroe came to the, at the time, the, what they called the Baltimore Bullets, you know, he came up and went to Salem State, man. He came in there with a game that was full of flash and, I mean, everything that a young guy would like. But he had this spin move when he'd bring the ball up court. And so playing basketball back home in high school and all that, I mean, of course, we all tried to, hey, we wanted to be Earl of Pearl Monroe. And so, you know, we'd all try to do that spin. And that's where I did it And when I played basketball. I never even, when I played football in high school, I was a defensive tackle tight end. You know, I wasn't even thinking about being a running back. So I got up here, and, of course, Miami a little bit. I played three different positions, you know, wide receiver, running back, cornerback, and I really got to settle in anything. But that was all good because it made me a better player. But when I got up here to Minnesota, um, we were playing the Houston Oilers at the time, and Elvin Bisset, I remember, was, I was trying to get to a place, and I and I he I saw him, and so I just thought I'd try to spin away from him to get to some open space, and it worked. And I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, I was kind of like shocked that you know I'm like, wow, that worked. So I was not, I was spinning away him to get this open space, and that was the first time I ever tried it in the NFL. That was how that all got started, and you know that's you know Earl Pearl was was the guy in my in, in my younger days, and man, and people I don't know if we will remember who he he played the game like no other in my opinion. No doubt, no people definitely still remember the Pearl man. Mm-hmm. He was an icon for your foundation, the Foreman Foundation. Right. You guys are also opening up some opportunities for people to watch games with you at sports bars, but maybe also go to the games as well, well right? All, all of those aren't uh, aren't directed to the Foreman Foundation. Uh, like, for instance, yesterday we went out and did some things for the Children's Miracle Network at Walmart. But uh, there will be two or three games this year that the Vikings let me, you know, I, I get two tickets and we go to the alumni. Cool. And so um, to the alumni suite. So instead of when my lady didn't go, there's going to be a ticket. So we got a couple tickets available. And that money, if they want to come, um, you know, Tom West with the Vikings will allow me to bring a player. And we take that money if they, that they give and donate it to the, to the foundation um, this year. So that's going to be something exciting. And my son, Jay runs that. He does a lot of good things with it, so, um, you know, that's what we're doing with that. That's really cool. ChuckForeman44.com is the website for more information on that. And Chuck was an absolute icon. He was part of these great Vikings teams that got so close, couldn't close the door, but still won the mm-hmm. NFC three different times when he was there, another time before he was there. <laughs> and they're honored. Right. Honored week one, so the weekend is about the old school team and mm-hmm. Bud Grant, and he's going to have the patch and the old school uniforms. I mean, Chuck, I love those old school Vikings uniforms yeah. so much. Yeah, those so are glad. really cool. But, you know, I was, I wanted to say one more thing with you. You know, you were talking about not able to close the door, and, you know, we, we weren't able to close the door, but we did a whole lot to try to close that door three times. You know, what people sometimes forget is, what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. 
and you just think about it for a minute and how many how many teams have never been the one and then of course and we haven't been the one in over what 50 almost 50 years yeah okay we haven't been back I'm well, no, 40 some years then because we went to but if you think about it yeah you know it is not an easy thing to accomplish and it takes a whole lot of great players, great coaches, and commitment. You, you, you got talent and you don't have the will to win, you ain't gonna, you're not going to win. You got to have guys that have the will to win. And when they do that and put that practice time in and do that thing and go to the games, and, and that's where you, you have your fun because you see the result. And we, did, we had a lot of guys that were able to – to do that, command, commit to the game. You know, you got to have everybody on the same page. And what I'm saying to you is when you get all those guys like that and you're able to do that, that's one heck of a conference. And the Vikings, they've had some great players, some good teams, but they ain't been back since. You're right. It's been 47 <laughs> years. 47 yeah, years 47 since they made years. the Super Bowl. So there you go. Which is yep. crazy. And you guys had some mm-hmm. epic wins in the playoffs against the Rams, right. going to Dallas and winning in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game. So you're right. That journey – should not right. be forgotten for the Vikings right. That's what I, yeah. of your I appreciate era. You. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you saying that. During our time, in my era, you know, we were one of the best football teams in the NFL, the one of the top two all the time, top two or three, all the time. When when the Vikings came to play, it was just, weren't wasn't about if they were going to win, it was about how they were going to win. You see, and, that, and that's a big difference. So that that plateau that we sat on in my era, you know, was very very high, you know. And I'm not sure that the Vikings, after that, you know, even though they've had some really good football teams and some really good players, have ever had that consistency to be up there where we were in our era. We went three Super Bowls, and it's been, like you said, 47 years. So until they can do that, you know, I guess the thing that I can say is in our time, we were we were the best, one of the best. And you always beat the Rams' butts. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always. So, you know, it's uh, like I say, man, it's uh, you know, it's a game that's unique in all, fa- in all phases, and you know, that's what people don't quite understand about that game of football, especially in today's game. You know, when you got roster changes, you got different things, you got people moving, you got to change your roster every year, you got all kinds of things going on. It's a little more difficult maybe to, to, to put a team together and to have that consistency. You're right. It is, and you guys being honored this weekend is, is a real testament to all those successes right. and how you were built and all those battle-tested victories that you got in the playoffs. So it's really nice to catch up with you, Chuck, and I really admire yeah. your career and what a wonderful career it was that you had, and I'm so glad you guys are being honored this weekend. Chuck Foreman joining us here on the show from the great Vikings teams of the 70s. Thanks so much for visiting, and have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the applause and all the memories. Yeah, thanks very much. Very cool to have the great Chuck Foreman join us here on the show today. The spin doctor, five Pro Bowls for him, one of the best running backs of the 70s. Some have felt like he is deserving of a Hall of Fame nod as well, but those are great Vikings teams that just fell short against some elite AFC squads. If you think about it, 
They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the 1969 season, and that Chiefs team had been in Super Bowl one. So they were clearly one of the best teams of the AFL, and that was the last Super Bowl before both sides came together and they merged. That was Super Bowl four. Then in 1973, they lost to the previously undefeated 72 Dolphins the next year and many observers feel like the 73 Dolphins were better than the 72 Dolphins and that's who the Vikings lost to in 73 and Chuck said that was the one that I felt like we actually didn't really have a chance the the Dolphins were that good in 74 they got back having lost the Super Bowl in 73 and lost to the budding dynasty of the Pittsburgh Steelers about that at a windy, cold Tulane Stadium. It was a Super Bowl that was supposed to be played in the Louisiana Superdome, the brand new one, but construction delays and overruns forced that Super Bowl to be outdoors at Tulane Stadium. And then they got back in 76 and lost against the Oakland Raiders, one of the best versions, probably the best Raider team of all time, a one-loss Raider team that beat them up at the Rose Bowl in 76. So, You know, all told, they lost to some historically great AFC teams and fell just short, and I like how Chuck said, they ain't been there since. The Vikings haven't been there since 76. But they're being honored today at U.S. Bank, and it's a game against the Buccaneers. The Vikings trying to build back after last year, going 13-4, and but losing that first playoff game to the New York Giants at home, having won the NFC North. We'll see. We'll see. That's a division that could go a lot of different ways. We were just talking about the the Packers, the Vikings coming off a really good season. The Bears want to take that next step forward, but the Lions are the story right now of the NFC North, especially after the Thursday night victory at Arrowhead. When we come back here on the show, we've got excessive celebration. Your best play-by-play calls from yesterday's crazy college football world. That includes... Some upsets, some great endings. James Madison over Virginia. That's right. The ACC squad goes down. So we'll talk about that and hear from some of the great calls yesterday with excessive celebration coming up here next. By the way, I think Chuck Foreman glossing Earl the Pearl Monroe has our executive producer, EJ Stewart, loving life right now. I know he's a big Pearl guy. That was pretty cool. Did you ever think? Spin doctor, spin move of the football field, inspired by a basketball player. That is really awesome. Great insight from Chuck. All right, we'll come back with more here on Sunday Morning Football. D.A., Damon Amendolara with you. You have a reservation for year-round excitement with CBS Sports. Your ticket to action. It's Sunday Morning Football with D.A. All right, welcome back. So glad you're with us. The opening edition of Sunday Morning Football hits you every single Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on all the CBS Sports Radio stations. Also on the app, you can listen to us on the CBS Sports app or the free Odyssey app. Plus, we're on Sirius XM 158, and so you can also listen to us on the Sirius XM app as well. Every single week around this time, we're going to go back over the college football chaos. And one of the great things about college football is the complete unknown. You have upsets or wacky endings and so much action, hard to keep it all in track. And the college announcers are always just a little bit more than your NFL announcers. And so 
when the two things combine, zany endings and college football voices, you usually get some good stuff. It is why we highlight it every week. Here we go. It's excessive celebration. The soundtrack of college football chaos, the announcers losing their minds. We've got a bunch of folks down there. He caught. caught. He caught. He caught. He caught. He caught. 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 It's excessive celebration. All right, we're going to start in Charlottesville, Virginia, where James Madison was playing UVA for the first time in 40 years, even though they're neighbors. Their two campuses sit less than 60 miles away, but Virginia has not played James Madison in 40 years. Now, this one had a bit of a somber subtext because, remember, Virginia was unfortunately victim to the school shooting last November and there were three players on the team who were fatally shot so they wanted to play for the spirit and the memory of those players but it was James Madison who pulled the upset yesterday let's listen in to how this thing ended this is from the JMU radio network third and five from the Virginia 10-yard line scroll short motion on the far side left McLeod points at the defense they bring some pressure. McLeod looks left side. Kalon Black wide open at the five-yard line in the flat and gets in the end zone. Touchdown, James Madison. KB out of the backfield from Jordan McLeod. The Dukes take the lead. It's incredible. That's how it ended. The Dukes beat Virginia 36-35 to yesterday. Shocking the Cavaliers. In fact, JMU led this game 14-0. There was a weather delay in it. But James Madison, trailing by a touchdown going into the fourth quarter, scored 14, 15 unanswered points. And with it, they end up going with a victory to 2-0 as Virginia falls to 0-2. A shocking upset and congratulations to James Madison. Meantime, UCF and Boise State Decided on a late field goal. Here's Eric Collins via Fox Sports. It's going to be a 40-yard attempt to become the Big 12 Special Teamer of the Week and give UCF the win. Here we go. Oh, did he? You bet! Boomer has done it! UCF wins in Boise, Idaho. Colton Boomer with a 55-yarder in this game. Then a 40-yarder to win it, lifting UCF brand new into the Big 12 over Boise State on the blue turf in Boise, 18-16. Crazy game in terms of just the special teams, but Colton Boomer had a 33-yarder a 50-yarder, a 55-yarder, and then what you just heard there, the 40-yarder for the game winner, 18-16. UCF goes to 2-0. Boise State falls to 0-2. Finally, North Carolina, a Power 5 team against 
App State. UNC needs every minute to survive. Let's listen in to Jones Angel on Learfield. App two of two on fourth down. If they don't get a first, Carolina wins the game. 40 to 34. Here's the shotgun snap to Aguilar. Drops back. Pressure coming. Aguilar floats it up. Incomplete. No flags. Head on back up the mountain. Carolina wins it in double overtime. 40 to 34. Now, I don't know how much bragging rights UNC could have. They're ranked number 17 of the country. Needed two overtimes to beat App State at home. Now, I credit the Tar Heels for scheduling App State. That's a dangerous game for any program. But UNC tied 27 all going into overtime. App State scored first. So UNC had to answer. They did. Then they went to double OT. And then Drake May had the 13-yard touchdown run to ice it in double OT. But UNC needed two overtimes to beat the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. That's your excessive celebration. When we come back here on the show, Alabama losing to Texas at home last night. In the NFL, Deshaun Watson with a reboot and the Chargers looking to prove their mettle. D.A., Damon Amendolara with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 